right, that was lovely. And I will do that now. Boop. Yay. Everybody, welcome. This is episode eight of the Two Gargoyles uh, podcast about comics and sundry other items. With me today are fantastic Kyle Burles and Mike Rieger. The acceptable Mike Rieger. The acceptable Mike Rieger. And the always inimitable, our famous guest, Sarah Dudenhofer. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Hi. Sarah. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yay. Well, let's see. Uh, today, we're going to be talking, we're going to add a new segment today. We're going to actually talk about what we're reading, because uh, it is a comics uh, podcast. And so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, comics and other books, um, just so that you know we are, in fact, literate and are working on that. Um, <laughs> looking forward to talking to Sarah about uh, being uh, you know, a, an indie comics artist herself, but also a, a crafter as well and uh, experienced con goer in that regard as well. And then, of course, today's part three of our How to Make Comics, and we're going to focus on lettering and pre-press today um, so that you can understand more about the publishing side of your work. So let's dive right in. Uh, what's going on in Tugarg's world right now? Um, well, I know Mike is on issue three of Twilight Detective Agency Girls Out. Tell us about it, Mike. I'm on issue three of Twilight Detective Agency Girls Out. <laughs> about about where in the process are you, Mike? Oh, I don't know, page seven or something. Who who counts? But I send <laughs> page two has now been issue two has now been sent off to Indie Planet and Comicsology. So in a few months, it will be available for people to download and or purchase in dead tree versions. Yes, Comixology is unfortunately very unpredictable with its time. Uh, yeah, a few months is probably very accurate, actually. Guess who isn't a sponsor of today's show? <laughs> hey, Kyle, uh, you are working on an as-yet-untitled piece, uh, or, or I should say comic. Um, what's the theme? Uh, same as it was last week, because we talked about it last week. But yes. It is a fake, uh, fake 70s crime drama takes place in you know the future so it's 70s sci-fi yes but with it's a 70s like, feel it's like steampunk but instead of steam it's you know 70s new york grossness oil punk technically <laughs> <laughs> diesel punk is a thing but that's more 50s oh, okay very cool very cool and uh kyle doesn't have a title for it yet. So by all means, everybody send Kyle your ideas for the title at Kyohazard on Twitter or at Kyohazard.com. Comic McComic Face. Yes, you could be a winner of, of, of whatever Kyle decides you should win, which we don't know yet. But, you know, I just sprung it on him now. Profanity so is acceptable. <laughs> um, uh, for my end, I am basically just uh, always keeping up with new artists. It, like three of my artists right now are either moving uh, under rolling blackouts due to COVID. Uh, that's in Singapore, by the way. And one of them is just recovering from, get this, pulmonary tuberculosis. Ooh. So, wow, that's a lot going on right now. Um, so a lot of my production has sort of stalled, but I am uh, lettering here and there and writing here and there as well. Get well um, soon, Marvitas. Yes, yes. He, uh, Mark Marvita, who is my pulmonary friend there, he actually has been posting and sent me um, the latest page of Yellow Lantern today. Yellow Lantern is my interpretation of the color yellow in the Green Lantern universe uh, 
as being different than fear, but instead being joy. So that's my little pet project. Is Miguel working on TDA three? I saw uh, yeah. sketches, but yeah, Miguel Cabello uh, and I have been going back and forth on Twilight Detective Agency three. He did sketch up the first page. Um, I haven't heard from him recently. So I, I'm just assuming everybody's down with something. Uh, mind you, it is July. It's summer. I'm sure there's a lot going on for people. Um, so I'm sure I'll hear back from him shortly. But right now I'm playing the waiting game. And waiting which is, is a, the hardest part. It is. And it's actually one of the things I think you have to get used to if you're a collaborator. Um, not everyone works to your schedule. Your schedules are not always synced up. And sometimes one of you will be waiting for the other one. So get used to that, kids, because that's part of the game. You have to stop, <laughs> collaborate, and listen. And then maybe someone will cure your pageless condition. Drawing, inked like a madman. Damn it, stop triggering me. <laughs> Sarah, what are you working on right now? I am actually working on my first comic, which is called Bring Back Clamor, and it's about... Um, a band named Clamor. Uh, this is kind of a crazy project for me because I'm pretty much learning everything as I go. I'm learning how to work digitally because normally I work uh, with watercolors and ink on paper and I'm learning all the other different things. So it's been real nice watching your guys' podcasts. Yeah, we don't know what we're you. doing either. We are making it up. Um, so Sarah, I'm going to get back to this in a little bit, but, uh, what's really interesting is that, uh, you are a mom of three and you homeschool. Is that right? Yes. So you're teaching and learning at the same time because you're figuring <laughs> it all out and how to do it all. So I say that's, that's very much part of your creative process is teaching yourself to do things and then implementing them. Cause that's what you've had to do for your children. Yes. Easiest way to learn is to do, so it works. <laughs> right, right. And that's cool because not everybody, I don't think everybody can. I would not consider myself to be a self-starter. I like to be shown by a mentor or teacher. Um, so trying to figure out things for myself is often quite an uphill battle. So I just wanted to say kudos to you on that because taking the time to learn to do this and learn to do it right is uh, an amazing step in and of itself. Um, speaking as someone that likes instant gratification, uh, I hate working towards a goal. <laughs> uh, I like how Mike and Kyle are just nodding, just <laughs> silently. Not jumping in on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, but the reason I say that, well, that's the thing. Uh, the reason I say that is because I think a lot of us out there, we do have uh, uh, motivational issues um, in getting ourselves started, but also in keeping our momentum going. Um, and that brings me to this segment on what I'm reading right now. And this is not a comic, but it is a book called, oh, where is it there? Woohoo! The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. I don't know if he's a member of the family. I have no clue. But what I liked about this book is it speaks to motivation. And it speaks to what you are willing to give up in order to get your desired response. So instead of saying, what's your goal? What it asks is, what pain are you prepared to suffer 
for your goal. It kind of just changes the perspective a little bit when you realize all the negative things you complain about in the process of creating or, or trying to achieve your goal is necessary. It's, it's a part of the process. You can't have a comic without the hours you spent putting it together. It's not an instantaneous thing. And sometimes you will hate it and you will feel very discouraged, but that actually is part of the process. Feeling bad about it or feeling discouraged about it isn't abnormal or aberrant. It's part of it. And once you realize that, you realize, I am doing the thing. I am creating the thing I want to create by going through this. Thoughts on this panel? I haven't read the book, so sounds good. <laughs> I agree. I was going to say, neither of you listened to a word I just said right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Anyway, that's that's my thoughts on it. Um, and so I recommend the book uh, to anyone that is struggling uh, with motivation. Um, it's a great thing to read during that, you know, halftime stretch between the beginning of your book than the end of your book, or worse, the you know the end of your trying to do the book. But uh, hopefully, this book can help you with that. All right, Sarah. When I first met you at conventions a few years ago, you were part of something called Crafty Geeks. Yes. Yes. Yes, and I'm going to put up your info here. Boom. And tell us a little bit about Crafty Geeks. Well, Crafty Geeks is kind of a pet project that I started with my friend Beth. Um, kind of just as a way to pay our way to go to cons. It was, nice. uh, we, we were both thinking, you know, this this is extravagant because, you know, cons actually end up costing quite a bit to go to, right? So we thought, well, if we're there selling stuff, it'll pay for us to be there. So it kind of just started as a little thing, but then it kind of ballooned and we it's our own little company now. Um, we, I design sewing patterns and we sell the, sell the actual sewing patterns. And we also, um, sell items that we make with the sewing patterns. So like pillows, quilts. Yes. Yes. Pillows, uh, you're... Quilts, things like that. Um, and it's all made with, um, uh, a project or a project, uh, a thing called English paper piecing, which is actually an old style, um, way of sewing, which is by hand. Uh, uh, using paper to um, strengthen the fabric, and then you pull the paper out afterward. Oh, very cool. Um, one of the things I've always enjoyed about uh, your booth at conventions is it it really feels like it's got that sort of farmer's market vibe to it, where it's like, oh, this is like, look at this homemade stuff, but it's all nerd-themed. Mm -hmm. So you can have, like, grandma's quilt, but it's got the Avengers on it. Yes. Um, you know, or matching pillows that just have like the heads of, say, Iron Man or Thor on it, which uh, is lovely. And had I thought of this ahead of time, I would have grabbed my two gargoyles pillows, which, of course, are down in the two gargs vault right now. But um, I like the idea uh, that you've done something in 3D um, that is... Uh, you know, it's not it's not just a comic. It's not something you would just expect to find at a comics convention. It's like a different take on things. Well, when we started there, we were pretty much the only person at Comic-Con, any of the Comic-Cons that we went to that was selling anything like a textile good. And uh, I still like to think of it as fan art 
because it is an uh, each item is you know made by hand and designed by us. We're not using random patterns we find online. Um, but it, yeah, it's a usable item, right? It's not just a model that you uh, put on your shelf or whatever, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I want you to tell your BB-8 story. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a few years ago. We were at um, Sask Expo in, where is that, in Regina? Saskatoon. No, no Saskatoon. Saskatoon, Sask Expo, got it. Um, and I made a baby-sized baby blanket with BB-8 on it, and we had it hanging up behind us. And we were just, it was kind of a slow part of the day. We were just kind of both hanging out at the booth. Beth was down sewing, actually, looking down at her hands. And then this lady walks up and she says, what is that? And Beth just kind of glances up and she says, well, it's, it's BB-8. And then she goes back to sewing. And then she realized that it was Carrie Fisher. So <laughs> then we both kind of double took and then we were kind of just tongue-tied. Come back, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have more words. And we said, oh, it's a quilt that we made by hand and all, and we were going on about it. And she said, I want it. And we're like, oh, okay, that's great. Uh, but then the, her, the guy with her kind of had to keep pushing her on because she was late for her panel. So she said she'd come back. So then for the rest of that day, I wouldn't leave the booth because I didn't want to miss her. And I had to pee so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but she ended up not being able to come back again. So, you know. Uh, but then the next weekend, uh, we were at Edmonton Expo. And she was walking around again. And she said, oh, I remember you guys. I remember the, the BB-8 quilt. I'm coming back for that. So we were like, okay, that's pretty cool. So we got to see her twice. And it was really exciting. But then uh, later that day, we had uh, Brian Herring come by, who is the, um, what do you call it? The puppeteer? Uh, he is, he yeah. is BB-8. So Paul he Handler. And he said, oh, I love that quilt. And we didn't know who he was <laughs> because, you know, you don't see his face, right? Uh, and then so he explained to us who he was. And then we were pretty impressed. And uh, by the end of the weekend, uh, we hadn't sold the quilt. The quilts take longer to sell because they're, they're a big ticket item, right? Uh, so anyhow, we hadn't sold the quilt. So I tweeted him. I said, you know what? Why don't you take the quilt? We'll give you the quilt because, I mean, you're BB-8. You might as well have the quilt. And he said, oh, that's so nice of you. Uh, I'm actually in town for a few more days. Do you guys want to go get some drinks? So <gasps> we actually went out with him two days later uh, to a pub and we sat with him for, I don't know, two hours while he just regaled us with all these stories from the set of, of Star Wars. It was really cool. And he signed maybe like 50 pictures for us. To oh, get wow. Yeah, it was a really cool experience. That is cool. I like that. I actually <laughs> want to stay on this topic for a second because Kyle has the most amazing, I don't even want to say luck because I think it's skill and it's perseverance in getting celebrities to sign the stuff you draw with the celebrities on them. Kyle, what's your favorite celebrity story? Um, I probably have two, but I have to say the first one is, I think it was Edmonton Expo many years ago it was when Hannibal was still on, on air and Mads Mikkelsen 
did a convention, which he had never done one before. Apparently, the Edmonton was his first one, and he has done very few since. But um, I saw him walk by, and I yelled out and held up my Aunt Hannibal print that I had just done, which I was quite proud of. And he came right over, over to my table, and was like, oh, wow, this is amazing, amazing. And he got me to come over to his uh, table later with, you know, a copy of it. And I got pictures, and he signed one, and he, you know, he kept it himself, and I was desperately trying not to completely freak out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was the, that was pretty much the first time I had a, a guest come to me versus, you know, you going me going to, to their table. Yeah. And that is awesome. And I mean, if you guys, for those of you that don't know Kyle's work, which I'm actually going to put up his banner right now, if I can find it. De -de 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 boop. Um, for those of you that don't know Kyle's work, he does amazing likenesses of celebrities. And one of his favorite things to do is uh, movie posters of movies that may never have happened or mashups between one property and another. And like of all the people I've ever met, you get the most celebrity buy-in for your stuff. I mean, you've had Peter Capaldi, you've had, uh, uh, and of course I'm going to blank on every celebrity now, but um, Wei Yun from Deep Space Nine, yeah, um, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs. Combs. Jeff Combs. Yeah, yes. went away from you, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you also have the original Pinhead. Yep. Who, who has yeah, your work. David yeah. Bradley. He has your work up on his kitchen. Yeah. Like, that, that's amazing to me. I love that. Mike, do you have a celebrity story for us? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, I have a, a story about Carrie Fisher. I had a, a print of uh, Batman and Superman wearing nothing but Speedos, uh, sun tanning on a balcony. And she walked up, pointed at it, and went, that. And she bought the print. And I said, I love you, Carrie. And she said, I know, and walked away. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's actually part of the fangasm of uh, the convention scene. You know, like, obviously, you're creating because you want to create. But every so often, you know, when you get, when you get that acknowledgement from somebody who basically is the fandom or has created the fandom, it's kind of a really big deal. Um, so that, that's us just nerding out about it. Now, back to you, Sarah. Um, after, you know, like uh, a few years doing Crafty Geeks, you decided to start doing illustrations, like in, on your own, like independent, having a table, doing art. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, so before Crafty Geeks even, I've, I've been working for probably 13 years on and off as a children's illustrator. And so we put all this energy into Crafty Geeks, and then I realized, you know, I should probably be bringing my art to the cons too. So yeah, about two years ago, I started getting everything ready to have my own table at cons as well. So we've been juggling Crafty Geeks and Tluey Draws at uh, the Comic Cons. Very cool. Um, <laughs> and that led you to doing a comic, yes? Which yes. talked about. Yay. Yay. And you are actually, and this is this is great because of our topic today, you're actually in the process of creating it and learning how to do it. In fact, I think just last night, uh, you and Mike were talking about lettering, uh, word balloons and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and as it turns out, that's one of our topic focuses today. We're going to talk about the lettering of your comics, people. 
Um, I will open the discussion by saying lettering is as much a character in your comic as any of the people or creatures you draw. Um, it matters as much as your line work, as much as your colors, lettering matters. So I'm gonna open it to the panel who have lettering opinions. Mike, <laughs> not today. <Yeah>. Dead <laughs> silence. Uh, you a lot of opinions oh earlier. I'm so, just opening up InDesign, sorry. Okay, um, well, right. let's, because you mentioned InDesign, let's talk about the tools of lettering. Um, like I use InDesign, but yeah. kids, I used to use Photoshop. And, and oh then my I would goodness. shriek and shriek at you. Oh, Mike would, like, I think he wept openly. I'm not sure. Beep. There we go. Let's do that. And then let's do. No, we can talk about Photoshop first because it's what people have the most. Okay. And uh, Sarah yesterday mentioned that she was going to let her in Photoshop. And then I passed out for a while. <laughs> and then <laughs> once the aneurysm sort of faded and I regained consciousness, I said, please don't let her in Photoshop. Photoshop creates a layer for each block of text you do, and it doesn't name them. So good luck finding the protector layer you're looking for when they're all named 1 to 32. Yeah. And you can't change fonts halfway through without clicking on every single text box and changing every single text box. Yes. One editing. at a time. Please don't use Photoshop. Yeah, editing is horrible. So, yes, if you have Photoshop, great. By all means, color your comics with it. Draw into it if you'd like. Don't use it for lettering. It will bite you later on. It really will. Um, and also, uh, your lettering will be, correct me if I'm wrong here, Mike, raster is not vector. So you may get some, you may get fuzzy lettering. That's what I'm saying. Photoshop can export PDF and retain vector fonts. Okay. Very but cool. it's a little clunky. It's not a vector program by nature, so it doesn't do a good job. Right. I use, this is InDesign which is uh, it's a paid layout program. So I use it to both create a comic. Um, sorry, it's watch my slow laptop. It uh, composes the comic as a book and it also uses it to letter the comic. Yes. So it takes individual panels and I can lay out the page and then letter on top because InDesign's whole purpose is to collect things from different sources and make multi-page documents out of them, which is what a comic is. Yes, it is a layout program. It is designed yeah. to do what you want to do with comics, which is do it all in one place, <laughs> if you can, um, or at least bring it all together. Its strength with lettering is it can form things into ovals or whatever shape. I can, as you can see, there's a non-breaking space between and and now to avoid widows. And What are, uh, what are widows, Mike? Uh, individual words left at the top or bottom. I think... One of them is widows and one is orphans. And I used to, when I was in school, I remembered which is which. But just that <laughs> and left at top is not, is no bueno. Yeah, that would be a widow so, or an orphan. And that's, so that's a lettering tip. Yeah, but that's a lettering tip right there, uh, yeah. folks. Uh, don't leave a single word all alone at the top or bottom of your balloon. The eye does not like it. No. And the way they get around that is a non-breaking space. But that's something you can't do in Photoshop well. Photoshop right. is not your friend for lettering. No, it is not. Please don't use it. Yes. Unfortunately, InDesign is expensive. And so I I don't know if there's better things that I could suggest instead of Photoshop. Uh, Sarah, I know you're using Clip Studio Pro. Is Does that work all right? Like, yeah. I would like to give positive advice instead of negative no, so, advice. 
Um, I have not seen that it has a lot of options for the text, um, it, but it does have the real nice um, balloons and whatnot on there. Uh, so it, it could be a good option. It could be. And is it, it is it shareware or does it have a fee? Like, did you buy it? I bought it. Yeah, but it's not it's not an expensive program. Nice. And Kyle, I think you're using Procreate Letter. I am. Yeah. Said, and it's that's. Let me close. I'm not sure what you know? Seems to me Procreate was is a pay, but I don't think it was originally when I got it. So is I it? I thought it was free. I don't remember. I got it years ago as well. Yeah. But it's not expensive. It's not InDesign expensive. Yeah. No, no, and but it does not work like InDesign. It doesn't, you know, it's a bit more Photoshoppy, or you just you know type it in. But you know, you can at least mash them all the layers together and not have to worry about. Like, we also have a couple chat. Um, oh, we have comments. We have. Oh, comments. I clicked away from that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay. So Brian Gray. Oh, I love this. Lettering is the primary way that people engage with your comic. It may be more important than your art in regards to the story. Now, I'm wondering if the artists here uh, would disagree with that. No, I think if your comic is unreadable, it doesn't matter how good your art is. I mean, you can look at the art and go, pretty, but if it does, your comic doesn't make sense, it's because of the lettering and the writing to an extent. And people aren't really going to connect with it if they don't understand it. Uh, that's true for me. Like, I, I go for the story first and then let the images fill in what the words are telling me. Um, but that if I go to a word balloon and it's horrible, like I, it takes me right out of the story. Yeah. I, can't, I can't process the art because I'm trying to process the words first and the words are bad. Well, it can Brian be written says, well, oh, sorry. Sorry, just Brian says you can add fonts to Clip Studio Pro. Okay. FYI. You can procreate to your, you can pretty much yeah. any, import any fonts or text. This is cool. Uh, Sherry has a, a question for us. How do you choose the correct font for a particular project? How important is having the right font? Sherry Sarah deliberately... and I did that over Discord for about two hours yesterday. <laughs> See, now that's interesting, right? It took two hours for you to find the right font. Now, why is that? Mood, mostly. Like I yeah. showed her yeah. the font I used for TDA, which is a little random. It's uh, got letters that look more hand-drawn. It wasn't right for Sarah's sort of slice of life font, uh, slice of life comic. Right. And then we showed what you used for Thunder, which is very bold and uppercase and super hairy, which is even less right for Sarah's comic. And we, yeah, it was a little we went through weird. some upper lowercase fonts and then she found one in a different comic she liked. And then I found out what that was. Yeah. So font Just back and forth. Font creates mood. Um, letters actually, their, their shape actually tells you a lot about how the voice sounds. If the letters are hard and blocky, then the sound is bold. Uh, if the letters are soft, then the sound is, is gentle. You know, like you're really creating a character um, when you're putting, literally putting words into the character's mouth if you get the font right. Now, here's the interesting thing I was saying to Sherry actually yesterday about fonts. You shouldn't notice the font. You should be reading the comic and just, you know, absorbing it. But if it's wrong, you'll know it. Oh, yeah. If it's It'll Comic Sans, no. Yes. It's just a quamp. 
Um, I, well, I, that's I true too. Like what you were saying, Michael, I find that um, with the, you know, the classic comic all uppercase type font, it also feels more action. Like it feels yes. more actionable. And so when we were looking at uh, fonts with lowercase, it felt softer and a little more slower pace, which I well, think works better for my comic. Yeah, it looks yeah. conversational. And it still has bold and italic. You know, you can still have emphasis. But look at this yeah. panel that we're showing you right now. Um, it's lovely lowercase. It's people talking at a bar. Um, you know, they're not like, I'll save you, Pearl. Like they're not shouting at each other. <laughs> yeah. And we went, we arrived at Blambot's Cloud Splitter was yes. uh, when we came. It's a softer drama. Like it's not a non-dramatic comic, but it's more of a personal drama comic. And this had a better sort of feel to it. And it's just kind of vibe cool. is the best way to describe it. I lettered this one page and then Sarah and I just used examples back and forth. I would change the style, which is something InDesign can do and Photoshop can't. Yeah. Change all fonts on this page to different font and InDesign will happily do that for you. Oh, love it. Yeah, you had uh, a softer lowercase before that was more round. And for yeah. whatever reason, it did not feel right to me because this comic at the end of the day is still about rock stars. And right. uh, this font has a little more of an edge while still being quieter. Yeah, I think I was using Mighty Zeo before and it wasn't yeah. the right feel. But I mean, it's all it comes down to is just not the right feel. And then you try things until you find one that does have the right feel. Exactly. Yeah, you know it when you see it, right? Yeah. Pretty well. And, and by the way, Comic Sans never has the right feel. <laughs> what it, what it says ever. is that it's bad and you're bad. <laughs> it's bad, you're bad. I'm going to put up a link right now. Um, Nate Picos of Blandbot.com made so many indie fonts free for uh, indie comic creators. He, they, like, he says, take them, you have my blessing, use them in your books. And I use his stuff in my books all the time. So the, the URL is up there. It's blambot.com slash collections slash indie hyphen fonts. And that is gonna be a great resource for lettering your comic. And hey, you can't argue with free, right? That's amazing. <laughs> and yet people still do. Uh, yes, actually. The, the, well, <laughs> the internet, you know. <laughs> also wear a mask. Internet, oh, yeah. PS, internet. wear a mask. Yes. So now that we've discussed fonts a bit, and I mean, like literally two hours to pick the right font is, it, 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 that's not It makes bad, it sound bad, but it's not like it was two hours of solid work where I was sweat well, off my I brow. Oh, no. Pretty quick. Like, honestly, you could probably spend way longer. And and we have uh, the magical oh, yeah. Mr. Punch took all day. Um, I just I Man. could not settle until I found the right one. As a professional graphic designer, I can kind of just look at fonts and imagine it in my head, which speeds up the process a little. Right. I can just look at them and go, no, 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 no. Oh yeah, yeah. Mike is the quote unquote font of knowledge. Uh, <laughs> if I need to know what font is this, I just send it to Mike, and he's like, you know, there's a website that does that. And I'm like, yeah, but you're faster. I actually work pre-press for my actual job job, so it comes in handy. All right, so you said the P word. I said the P words. Yes, indeed. Job. Now, unless you're creating a webcomic, folks, uh, the idea eventually is that you'll probably want to print your comic, right? So you need to figure out who is going to do your printing. 
and you have to find out what their specifications are because Before if you start you start yes because if you start drawing at the wrong size or the wrong proportions or whatever you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot so thinking ahead to to printing is going to make things a lot easier for you so let's see here we have some we have some printers here. Um, we have both used, Mike and I and Kyle, all three of us, have used kablam.com. That's K-A-hyphen-blam.com. They're based in Florida in the United States. I think uh, all they do is comics. So they're able to give a really great print rate uh, on comics. The problem- really low quantity as well. If you want to buy one or two, it's- Yeah. Not, I mean, shipping is a problem, but individual yeah. print cost isn't. And shipping is probably less of a problem if you're in the United States, but we're all in Canada, so we have to pay, you know, the shipping fee and the brokerage fee and blah, 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 blah. But they are an excellent source for getting one or 1,000, whatever you want to print of your comic, getting it in a timely fashion because they're very good at turnaround. And they're also really great at customer service. Uh, Mike's wearing a Kablam t-shirt today, and... They even have a little promo where if you wear the shirt at a con and take a picture of yourself wearing it, they'll give you 10% off your next uh, next printing. Or no, it's wonder, uh, 10, $10. Wonder $10 wonder if wearing credit. it on a podcast counts. There will be a know. discount. Yes, there will be a discount of some kind. Yes. So uh, it, for Canada, we've got studiocomics.com. That's Studio Comics with an X. Um, and we haven't used them yet, but we hear good things about them. Uh, number one, they are in Canada, so all the money is Canadian, and so you don't have to pay exchange, which is nice. Uh, Mike, what else have you heard about them? Well, like Kablam, they also have an online store where they will print comics and drop ship them out to customers for you, which is nice, unless you like mailing things. Well, you know how Kablam has Indie Planet, yes. a comic store. So Studio Comics is something similar. Yes. You can go buy a comic from them. Their page size is different than Kablam's page size. So if you've chosen one, make sure to do it to the correct page size first. Yes. Changing the size of your comic after you've finished your comic is not fun. Don't do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, their prices are good from what I can tell. I don't think their uh, minimums are quite as low as Kablam's is, but uh, they're in Ontario. Yeah. So they give them a try. Yes, they do have the great Canadian factor to them. Mm -hmm. Look into them. And then finally, we have mixam.ca. It's M-I-X-A-M.ca. Um, Mike, you recommended them, or at least you mentioned yeah. them. They're a larger printer that have a Canadian office as well as offices in other countries. And they're located in Vancouver, which is nice for me. Uh, they'll print comics to whatever size. So fortunately, my Kablam-sized comic is certainly pr printable at Mixum. But their prices are a bit higher. So there would be... If I wanted to print 60 of them, they would be economical. If I wanted to print two, not so much. Understood. And that's, you know, you're going to find that with a lot of printers, uh, folks. Um, quantity is what gets you the bigger discounts, you know. So that's why I like Kablam, because if, if you're just starting out and you're like, I don't even know if I can sell 10 books, much less 100, uh, it's a lot easier to get a small print run out of Kablam. Or you can always look for local shops wherever you are. Absolutely. Like tonning cheeks for you or the office I work at for me. Like find a local shop that's willing to just run off an issue or a couple of issues. Obviously they won't send it out to customers on your behalf, but right. you can print you can proof in person and uh 
maybe knock them down on rates a little. Yeah, I uh, I print through tongueincheekcomics.ca, um, and uh, they've been so great. Chad Colpitz is the proprietor, and uh, he is himself a comic creator, an indie comics creator. So he really knows uh, the industry, and uh, he knows what we're looking for in a printer. So I've had great success uh, printing two of my comics with him, and uh, so I will continue to use him. And, hey, you can't get better than local. I mean, that's mm. kind of awesome. But find your printer first. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Sarah. Oh, I just said Chad's a great guy. We uh, made um, pillows and merchandise for him with Crafty Geeks for his comics. Yay! Yay! Yeah, he's See, cross promotion, kids, networking—that's where it's at. Uh, well, well, we'll have to get into that in another podcast. The marketing and networking, where you talk to people. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Fun topic for me because most people I know hate that part, and that's my favorite part. <laughs> Excellent. We will have you back for that <laughs> podcast because Kyle, I'll sit that one out. <laughs> well, actually, I'm gonna say this: Kyle has a con table huckster game like no one I've ever seen. I feel like I'm at a carnival. Um, <laughs> in fact, Kyle won't let me have coffee. Uh, until I've closed my first sale because coffee is for closers. He's very disciplinarian about the whole thing. Um, and I will I'll, apologize to anybody who has been near me and tries to help out with sales because I've got a system. Right. Yes, and Kyle I, does I, not need help. <laughs> there has been occasions where I've been like, no, no. And people think I'm mad at them. I'm like, no, no, just leave me alone while I'm selling. Yeah. What what do you do to them? Nothing. I just stop talking to them like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and apparently it has been brought to my attention by other people that, you know, they thought I was mad at them or, you know, no, no, I'm not mad. I just I'm I'm doing my I'm doing my doing my jam. I'm intrigued yes. and frightened. Oh, it was awesome. I was there. I haven't heard these stories. Oh, I saw it happen. It was good. Um Kyle very rarely frowns uh, in a deliberate way, but there was <laughs> frowning. Brows were beetled. Oh, yes. It was glorious. I enjoyed it. It looked like a Klingon. That... <laughs> All the wrinkles on the forehead. Did we see Dark Kyle? No. No. See, that's the great thing. You don't ever get to see Dark Kyle. It's just you can feel it. It's like a storm building in intensity. It's so cold right now. <laughs> So what else can we say about pre-press? Like, obviously... Talk to your um, printer first before yes. drawing your comic. Yes. And if your printer says things you don't understand, ask them to explain it. They'll be ask happy them. to. Yes. they would, Unless they they're would jerks and then find another printer right away. Yeah. Like if they, you don't understand what crops and bleed are, just ask. They'll explain it to you. They've explained it to four people that week already. They won't mind. Yeah, because it's, it's better for them if they get the files ready to go than if they have to go over them and edit the files, right? And yep. you can teach yourself something and learn something. Um, I think I finally understand bleed, but I'm no, not going to... You shut up. You shut your <laughs> hole. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be so confident as to say I will never need help with bleed, but... At least I know where the lines are that mean bleed. Bleed, for those of you listening at home, is what you got wrong when there's white bars down the side of your page. 
That's then your right. friend asks you why there's white bars down the side of your page. And they won't believe you when you say, uh, it's an avant-garde effect, meaning we're journeying into the future where everything is white. <laughs> For some reason, they just don't believe you. <laughs> so yes, understanding bleed and crop and all that sort of stuff. Your printer is there to help you. And if yeah. they can't help you, then they're not the printer for you. Yeah, they won't judge you. Ask all the questions. Yes, yes, indeedy. Um, Kyle, were you, what are some of the struggles you've had printing? Because you've printed on your own before uh, when you were doing yeah. GVK. Um, that is where I learned the concept of bleed and, you know, setup and having it aligned. Because, you know, first page is, you know, panels up high, panels are down low, you know. But honestly, there's no real experience like fucking up. Oh, that well, that's true. You you don't learn from success. You learn from failures. Yep. Um, like you can also our, learn from answers, you guys. You don't have to just jump into the pool. <laughs> oh, parachutes? Why not? Uh, oh my god. Well, it, <laughs> yeah, but once you do it once, you never make that mistake again. Uh, all, right, all right. I have a counterpoint. I make the same mistake several times because I just love it so much. <laughs> there's memory issues there, I think. Uh, when we first started doing Diaperman in 96, I didn't understand the difference between screen resolution and print resolution. I thought things will look the same on paper as they do on my screen. That is not true Never. for anything. Not To be color. fair, that was a long time ago. Well, it was. It was. But... Um, there are still people that I know personally that yell at their printer because their colors aren't the same as they are on the screen because they still don't understand that print is different from screen. Oh, yeah. I get 72 DPI files at work regularly. Oh. Yeah. And some people might That's be like... That's a job is... Yeah, like my character is this particular delicate shade of pink, and then they get the, the, the test print. They're like, oh my god, what's happened to my gorgeous pink color? It's like, well, it's fiddly. You've got to fiddle with it until you get it right. MYK. That, that's we right. had a guy ask us to print something on the RGB printer. I'm like, there are no RGB printers. He's like, oh, you don't have one? I'm like, they don't exist, my dude. Like, printers <laughs> print in CMYK. Oh, because it doesn't look right in CMYK. Like, Yes. <laughs> That's right. The problem is that we don't have an RGB printer. <sighs> and I guess it is that's fourth dimension. I guess that speaks again to my the, earlier point. When you're in Photoshop you. and it's like, oh, yeah. We... <laughs> right? Because <laughs> they, they will. They just hopefully won't just tell quietly, you. Quietly. Not like, your When you're in Photoshop, it's like, oh, would you like this to be RGB? Right. Would you like this to be RGB or CMYK? And of course... You don't know, right? So you're like, uh, RGB, I guess, you know, but you don't understand that it's still going to be printed in CMYK. Those so, are less letters, so it's less complicated. Well, exactly. And no. <laughs> Feel free to work in RGB. Just understand when it prints, it's, you're going to lose some of your greens. Things won't be as intense. Exactly. As long as you're fine with it, it's fine. You can make RGB files. Uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. Oh, hang on a second. Boop. That's what I wanted. Um, but I don't want to do it just yet. So I'm doing it wrong. Okay, there we go. Build suspense. <laughs> I know. I'm building suspense. Push um, buttons at random. 
Well, I think that's all we have today. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up. Sarah, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks, did Sarah. we did we answer any of your questions about your comics? You haven't had a chance to ask any questions yet. Well, I don't think I have any questions at the moment because we already talked about font. We already talked about, uh, you know, formatting fonts into the the bubbles. Yes. So word that word. was like the main issue for me at the time. Word balloons. Bubbles. Folks, <laughs> if you have if you have any questions or any comments, send them in here uh, at Two Gargs or on twogargs.com. Um, we'll be happy to answer them on the show. Um, so if you're watching this later, uh, email us or Twitter us or whatever, uh, any questions you may have, and we'll put them up on the show. Uh, next next uh, podcast, we're going to talk about networking and marketing your comic. Like basically, once your comic is made, how do you sell it? How do you get it out there? I'd like to thank everybody for being on board today. I'm Michael McAdam. I'd like to thank Kyle Burles. Thank you, Mike Rieger, and of course, Sarah Dudenhofer for joining us today. If you want to help us succeed, here's what you can do. If you're watching this on Facebook, give us some thumbs up. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button down below. And if you're listening on the iTunes, please give us a five-star review. I am Michael McAdam, and this has been a Two Gargoyles podcast. Is there a post-credit sequence we should watch for? Or can we go? <laughs> <laughs>